Welcome everyone, this is Gihan Pereira and welcome to our monthly social media forum. So this is an opportunity for us to share ideas, to ask questions, to share our experiences about anything to do with social media. It's a little bit different from the webinars that I normally run and I can see from the people who are joining that there are some people here who are new. Uh, there's some people here who've been before, uh, been to these webinars before, but so let me just quickly go through the rules of engagement, for, particularly for those who are new. So broadly, this is, a, this is a forum. So this is rather than me presenting, it's a chance for you to ask questions, for you to share ideas, and for you to make your contributions as well. So please do feel free to contribute. Don't feel that uh, with the, like whatever level of experience you've got with social media, uh, you've probably got something that's useful for, for somebody else on the, on the call. Uh, that said, we are recording this, so please just be careful about what you say. If there's something confidential or private, just keep it to yourself, because there will be other people who, will, who are listening to this, not only live, but who will be listening to the recording later. So we'll be making the recording available later. Uh, and th think of this as a forum of equals, rather than me being an expert or anyone else here being an expert. Think of this as an opportunity to just share ideas and share experiences. Uh, as I said, I will be making this recording available later. And uh, I always release this under a Creative Commons license, which means that you have permission to take it and do what you like with it. So within the next 24 hours, in fact, sooner than that, I hope, I'll make it available on my blog as a blog post. If you go to gihanperera.info, you'll see the recording of this. Because it's not highly visual, uh, it's, it'll just be an MP3 file which you can download and do what you like with it. So you can share it, you can uh, burn it on the CD, send it to your top clients. What I do is I have a regular podcast which is an audio newsletter. So I'll be publishing this to my podcast listeners later today as well. So please, please do take the advantage of being able to take, uh, sh take this and share it with other people. Uh, this is called the Social Media Forum, so let me just put that in context for everyone first. Uh, the social media, most people think of social media as being, if you think of your whole internet presence as being like the solar system, most people think of social media as being the outermost stuff. So things like Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter, now of course Google Plus and other online communities that you participate in. However, I'd like to expand that definition. So there are these uh, inner planets as well in your solar system. So there's your website right in the middle. So people will generally um, contact you or find out about you through some of these outer planets, but eventually they'll come into your website. And there are some inner planets as well. So the inner planets are things like your, your blog, your newsletter, your audio podcast, your audio uh, your podcast, which is an audio newsletter, a video, which is a YouTube channel, and even ebooks or special reports. So those are the sort of things that um, I, I want to cover. So don't feel that you have to restrict yourself only to Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Google+. Plus. If you want to talk about some of these other things as well, please feel free to do so. So the way this works is that. Uh, I just open up the line. Uh, people who've got microphones, you can just, if you raise your hand in the control panel, if you've got a question or you want to take part in discussion, raise your hand and I'll turn your microphone on. If you don't have a microphone and you're, or you're worried about background noise, just type your question in the question box and I'll read it out on your behalf. Uh, in this type of webinar, that's a little bit, uh, I, I prefer if you do have a microphone to speak up because it is an opportunity to have a conversation and it works better that way. However, if you don't have a mic, then feel free to just type your question in the question box. So I do have a couple of things to say, but I'm just going to hold off for the moment and just uh, ask anyone else if they want to lead off with anything. So if you've got a question that you'd like to share or you've got an experience, sorry, if you've got a question you'd like to ask or an experience you'd like to share, please do that. Okay, and I can see a question from Jenny. Good. 
Okay, so Jenny says she's got a bit of a cold, so we'll go with written questions. So Jenny, I'm going to read out your first question, and I'm then going to open it up for anyone else to, to contribute to it, and I'll have a contribution, I might have a contribution as well. So Jenny, and by the way, I'm going to make these, uh, if, I re if I read out your question, I'll only read out your first name to keep it partly anonymous. Um, so Jenny says, I've taken my eye off the ball for six months. What would you say are the main changes, trends, updates, or new products that I need to be paying attention to? Okay, so I'm just opening this up to anyone. So if anyone has any comments about things that you've done in the last in the last six months that you think are new, so I think Google Plus is, is obviously one new thing, and I might talk about that, but I'm just opening it up to anyone else as well. Anyone want to share their experiences of things that they've done or things that they've seen that have stopped working or things that are continuing to work um, in social media in any of these areas? Would anyone like to uh, share their experiences there? Uh, if you've got... You can either type it in the question box or just raise your hand if you've got a microphone. So let me add my two cents here, Jenny, with Google Plus. So I think that Google Plus is is growing. It's a, I must say that the, the growth of Google Plus has slowed down a bit. So there's a lot of buzz about it when it first started, uh, particularly because it's part of Google. And I still think the fact that it's part of Google means that Google Plus is a social network that you should be paying attention to. Because not not just because it's a social network, but because what you do on Google Plus is going to influence your search results. And it's not only the search results that you do, but when somebody else searches, one of your friends or your friend's friends on Google Plus, when they search, they're more likely to see your results if you've been active on Google Plus. So I think that's a big difference. So people are looking at search engine optimization and looking at what they need to do on their web on their web page to get to the top of Google. Well, that's still important, but I think more and more what you're doing in social places, and Google Plus in particular, is going to influence where you appear in search results when other people search for you. So certainly Google Plus is something that I think is still worth paying attention to. Even though the growth has slowed a bit, there's still a lot that Google can do with Google Plus. So it's added a search facility in there, which ironically uh, it didn't have when it started. It's opened it up to the public. It still hasn't got a facility for you to have brand pages or business pages, so that's yet to come. And I think there's a lot that they could do with it if they do it the right way. So certainly Google Plus is one thing that I think you should pay attention to. Anyone else wants to share any any ideas or suggestions or experiences that they've had with what they're doing with social media that's that's working or not working? Okay, Jenny asked another question. When are Google Apps email users going to be able to join Google Plus? Does anyone have an answer to that? I, I don't know the answer to that, and I know it's a, it's a, it's a very strange thing that the most useful, uh, the most loyal customers of Google, which are the people who are using Google Apps, can't join Google Plus yet. And I, as far as I know, that's still the case. Uh, okay, so Russ says. Uh, I find that RSS has been somewhat overlooked these days. Russ, I'm just curious to know whether you're willing to expand on that if you've got a microphone. So if you want to, uh, if you have got a microphone and you'd like me to turn it on, could you please just raise your hand in the control panel? Otherwise, if you just want to add a little bit more about your, your comment about RSS in the question box, I'll read it out on, on your behalf. Okay, so Russ mentioned RSS. Anything more you want to add about that, Russ? So, 
just RSS for those who are, um, yeah, okay, so Jenny says a reminder of how RSS works would be useful. So I'm just going to check whether Russ has any further comments that you want to add to that, or anyone else who wants to talk about RSS. So broadly, the, the very oversimplified way of describing RSS is RSS is blogs and podcasts. That's a simple way of thinking about it, and uh, there'll be some people who will cringe at that definition and that description because they know that's actually a little bit more than that. But for most of us, RSS is blogs and podcasts. So Russ says, I think that RSS has been taken over by Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and so on. So, so my take on RSS is that you should be publishing a blog, and optionally, you should be publishing a podcast. So a podcast is an audio newsletter, just like an email newsletter is articles sent to an inbox. Uh, a podcast is audio clips sent to your iPhone or your Android phone or to iTunes. So it's the same sort of idea, but it's done by audio rather than done by text. Uh, so RSS is basically the, the mechanism where people can subscribe so the difference is this, like if you have a website and you publish articles to it and every time you write an article to your newsletter, I recommend that you do um, paste it on as a page on your website as well. However, people don't automatically get notified that there are new articles on your website. If you have a blog, every time you publish something, something to your blog, people who subscribe to your, uh, to your blog will, uh, just like if they subscribe to an email newsletter, they'll get notified every time there's something new on your blog. Uh, so, and the mechanism that's used, the technology behind that is RSS. Uh, so you don't necessarily have to know what it means, it's just a mechanism for subscription. The other thing you can do with your blog is because it has got an RSS uh, feed to it, you can then post it on Facebook. So if my Facebook page, for example, automatically shows every new blog post that I post. Um, my Twitter feed, every time I post a new blog post, it automatically gets posted to Twitter as well. Um, and it gets posted to LinkedIn. And the way that works is because of RSS, because there's a mechanism that will, that my, so my Twitter account automatically subscribes to my, to my blog, if you like, if that's, that's the way of describing it. So that's the advantage of having a blog rather than just sticking articles on your website. And one of the big advantages is that the, the technology behind it allows you to publish it uh, so for other people to get that uh, get updates automatically, and for you to update your other internet uh, um, your other place on the internet automatically as well. Uh, so Rachel asks, is this similar to Hootsuite? Not quite. So Hootsuite is a tool for for you being able to schedule, say, posts to Twitter and Facebook. So I use that to automatically schedule uh, articles. So if I find articles that I like, I'll set up, I'll send out one article a day through through Hootsuite, and I just save them up, and over the weekend, I'll, I'll schedule them in advance to be sent out. Uh, so what Hootsuite does is just simply, it's like a, it's a time, a staged, make a, a way of sending out staged messages, um, whereas RSS is automatic, it's more like a subscription, it's an automatic subscription to somebody's uh, content. So subscribing to somebody's RSS feed is like some subscribing to somebody's blog. It's not the same as Hootsuite. Hootsuite is like you doing it manually, uh, but except that it automates the process of when you, when you want to send out your messages. Uh, okay, so there's a, Jenny's asked a question, and I'm assuming, by the way, that all these questions are for the whole group. So Jenny's asked the question, are you still recommending the consolidating push systems like Ping? So I don't have an opinion about that, but if anyone else does, I'm more than happy to uh, turn microphones on and, uh, and, and for people to contribute to that.
Okay, so if anyone wants to contribute to the question about ping or to add to RSS, uh, the, the conversation around RSS as well. Russ, is there anything else you want to add about your comment about RSS? So you said that RSS has been overlooked. Did you mean it's been overlooked as in it's been bypassed or do you think that it's still, it's still valid and not, many people are, not enough people are using it? Jenny is asking, are, are people still using RSS for other types of info? For example, Jenny, I'm curious as to know, uh, to know what sort of other types of info you're talking about. And uh, let me just turn on a microphone here, because I can see a hand raised. So Jenny, I will turn your mic on. Oh, I just sound a bit coldy today. <laughs> That's all right, no problem. <laughs> um, when, when the RSS feeds first appeared, they were being used mainly for picking up uh, intelligence, I think, from mainstream sources on the web. So I know I set up RSS feeds like maybe two, three years ago, um, but it's sort of stopped using them. So now are, they are, are the RSS feeds now becoming much more of the the non-mainstream official media and more of the everybody else. Can I ask, when you said that you set up RSS feeds, do you mean that you subscribe to them or you set up your own feeds, RSS? No, well, I, I'm trying to remember what I did, but I know I put in a whole bunch of topics I was interested in through, I don't know whether it was Google or another system, but it effectively... Um, effectively gathered for me a whole bunch of information from all over the place and I'm sure it was using the RSS feeds to do that. Yep, so yep, exactly. No, no, I know exactly what you mean and in fact for the people who are watching this and can see this on the webinar, let me just show you my Google Reader. So my Google Reader window, so this, is, this might be what you use Jenny, there's a whole bunch of readers that you can use to read RSS. So what Jenny's, what you're saying, Jenny, is it's like you subscribe to a whole bunch of email newsletters, except that they don't appear in your inbox, they appear in this Google Reader. So for people who can see this on the screen, basically I've got uh, these, a whole bunch of things that I subscribe to, and every time I go to my Google Reader page, I can see every new message that appears in there under different subscriptions. So the Difference Makers community, there's a message there from somebody who's, who's written to the blog, to the Difference Makers blog, and so on. So there's at the moment 118 new items that have come in for me to read uh, today. And in fact, I did clear out some of them this morning. So there's, there's, a quite lot of, there's quite a lot of stuff coming in. The good thing is that it's not cluttering up my inbox. And so I can so, just... So have you... Yeah, go on, Jenny. So, sorry, so do you... So do you subscribe to newsletters using the Google Reader instead of sort of signing up to people's newsletters? Because I had the same issue when I looked at my newsletters box yesterday. I'm embarrassed to say it had 10,000 newsletters in it. And I'm getting a bit swamped. Yeah, exactly. So, um, Exactly. So if somebody has, so whenever, I, so I'm very reluctant now to sign up to email newsletters. So Seth Godin is a perfect example. Seth Godin has a great uh, new project called the Domino Project where he's publishing 
he's got a new publishing model in, in conjunction with Amazon. And there was a, there's a newsletter that he sends out regularly, but I recently discovered, and I should have actually looked for this, that the Domino Project has a blog as well. So I've unsubscribed from the newsletter and I subscribe to the blog. So any new Domino Project messages, uh, they now appear in my Google Reader and they don't clutter up my email. So wherever possible, I will try to subscribe to the, the blog or the RSS, uh, I'm kind of using them interchangeably rather than subscribing to the newsletter. And the way that I do it, Jenny, is uh, under my subscriptions. And again, you can see this if you're looking at the uh, if you're looking at the screen here, is that I've got a whole whole bunch of subscriptions, uh, RSS, like if you like, a whole bunch of yeah subscriptions, which I, I group under this busy category. And if they're under busy, it means that if I'm busy then I don't really care. I'm, I'm willing to let go of these. So the things like West Australian mm -hmm. News and a few like Fast Company. And this is, there's some good stuff in there where if I've got time, I'll read them. But if I don't, I'll just go, okay, today's a really busy day. I'm going to mark all of these 101 as red. And then they all disappear from my list. And now where I previously had 117 or 118, now I've only got 17. So it's a really it's a convenient way for me to filter out stuff and still get the stuff in, but I can choose whether I'm going to whether I'm going to read it or not. Right. So now does doing that so I'm thinking of of you as a person who sends out newsletters and writes blogs, how if everybody else suddenly did the same thing, how does that affect your relationship with your subscribers? Are they still your subscribers or are they one step removed? Why would they be one step removed? So I think they're your subscribers, but I'm just curious to know what you mean by one step removed. Uh, well, I'm just sort of thinking if, if I didn't subscribe to somebody's newsletter so it came to the inbox, but I went through the RSS, um, you'd still be able to see me, but I'd just have a different delivery mechanism. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So if you're right. one of my subscribers through my blog, I actually don't know who you are. Okay, right. unlike, unlike email, where I've got your email address, I don't know who you are, but you're still a subscriber. So right. it's, if you mean it's like one step removed in that sense, then absolutely. So I can't. Yeah, and, uh, uh, yeah, so that was my question around the one step removed. So on the basis of a lot of people doing blogs and newsletters to build a community, that by, by encouraging or by using the RSS, well, that saves us from being bombarded with the 10,000 emails, it also potentially means that the people we want to, to build a community with, we don't know who they are, and therefore it's harder to know how to target um, or to make sure that we're providing relevant content. Yeah, I'm just curious. So yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I want to bring other people into the conversation here because I'd really like to hear other people's opinions on both sides of that conversation. So if you're a publisher, if you're publishing content, are you publishing both the newsletter and a blog or are you doing a newsletter only so that people can't be that one step removed? And if you're a somebody who's a consumer of that content, then uh, do you subscribe to newsletters or blogs? I can see, Michael, you've got your hand raised, so let me bring you into the conversation as well. Thanks, Gihan. Uh, I, as a publisher, I recycle my newsletter to my blog and vice versa. Uh, I try to separate them out so that it's it's um, that there's some space between the the publishing for people that are looking at both. Uh, but I also try to mi uh, migrate people from the newsletter over to the blog as well by posting the blog on Facebook page. 
Yeah, that's that's interesting, Michael. And the idea of recycling, I do the same, exactly the same thing. So every time I publish a newsletter article, I publish it to my blog as well. And the one additional thing I do is I generally don't publish them on the same day, so that people yeah. who are subscribed to both they don't they don't get both at the same time. So I just have a little spreadsheet that says, "Yep, it's been in my newsletter," and then when I look around to see what I'm going to publish in my blog for the next week or so, I look at things that I haven't published and then I'll copy and paste them there. Great. I like the, uh, I like the spreadsheet idea. That's great. Yeah, it's, it's not, not particularly fancy or uh, particularly automated, but it works. Uh, Jenny, do you want to comment on that or do you have any, uh, any further questions about that? No, I, um, I've been having the same thought that you actually needed to have a a spreadsheet, some sort of reminder system to actually get more systematic so that you don't bombard people on one day and then leave them with nothing um, after that. And I think the, the consistency of message piece, which I was listening to from Jeff McDonald yesterday, was around, which he picked up from going to some discussions on blogging in Melbourne, that effectively it was a reminder around that, that consistency and so if you're going to do it on a Tuesday, you keep doing it on Tuesday. And um, so that, that sort of consolidating the fact that they need a more formal system to make it happen properly. Yeah, and uh, if I can just add to that, and I'm, I'm more than happy for other people to join the conversation as well. In fact, I'd love that to happen. Uh, I think maybe, Jenny, you're talking about Jeff talking on the Trusted Authority Partners podcast. Is that where you heard him? Uh, yes, I did yesterday. Yeah, so that's I, I'm going to I'm going to recommend that uh, if anyone isn't already uh, going to the Trusted Authority Live uh, radio show, which is run by uh, Andrew Bryan, Steve Major, and Trevor Dixon, I highly recommend that. It's really good for anybody who's who's working in this sort of space where you want to be seen as a guru and an e-guru. Uh, and yeah, the whole idea is being consistent. Uh, again, for people who, if you if you are interested, here's an example. Here's my spreadsheet. Uh, and as I said, it's, there's nothing fancy about it. It's just a spreadsheet that says, okay, I wrote an article called Content Rules for my newsletter yesterday. So I've just put yes in the ease in column. And then I'll just fill in the rest of it as I go along, as, as I feel like when, when I'm ready to publish content, I'll just look for a blank spot in the spreadsheet and then copy and paste and then just type the word yes in there. So there is nothing fancy about this. It's just, a, it's just having the discipline to do it. Does anyone else want I to comment? Sorry, go ahead, Jenny. I say, yeah, I should say I always admire your discipline, and this is a perfect example of it. Yeah, thanks. And once you get into the habit of doing it, and I think Jeff's point is a really important one, that just do it consistently, just be there all the time. So I've still got Michael and Jenny's uh, microphone open. If anyone else wants to comment, please raise your hand, or Michael or Jenny, if you want to say anything else, please raise your uh, please comment. Just a quick word on consistency. Uh, I have uh, been consistently inconsistent, uh, I suppose, if that makes sense. So to, to explain that, what I've been doing is I blog every week, but it's not always on the same day. So I, sometimes it will be twice a week and sometimes it will be three times a week, uh, when, especially when I'm writing towards something that's, that's bigger, like a book. Uh, I'll, I'll go to more blogs. And I've found that I'm, so I'm just really curious to, to, to see if, uh, and I, I was being really uh, disciplined about the day, so it was a Tuesday and a Thursday um, when I was doing two, just, just the two, but just wondering if, the, the, my question is, is that, so 
it's better to actually have the same days each time and the same amount each time each week. Yeah, okay. Um, happy for anyone else who wants to share. Is anyone else blogging and want to share the, the, what they do with blogging? I, it's Jenny again here. Um, I th the, I'm an inconsistent, so I'm looking at best practice um, wistfully. Um, Dominique Fertolucci sends mm -hmm. her blog out every single Monday morning. So I couldn't tell you all of the newsletters or blogs I receive, but I do know that when I switch my computer on on a Monday morning, there will always be one there from Dominique. So I think that regularity is working for her. Um, she's picked today that works for her, and she's delivering each time. Uh, great, great. Uh, my experience, sorry, Michael. Uh, sorry, I was, I was just going to say, like my experience is that for most of us who are who are e-gurus, then you don't need to be blogging. So, if you the, the people who are internet marketers will say, if you're going to be serious about blogging, you need to blog every day and sometimes even more than once a day. But for most of us, that's not where we're heading. We're not trying to become build a build an online business. We're simply using online to increase our internet footprint. So once a week is good, or to, uh, anything more than that is even better. Uh, yeah, and I like I like what you say, Jenny, about Dom's um, blogging because most people don't subscribe to as many blogs as I do. So you know, Jenny, that you probably don't get like 500 messages a day in your Google Reader. So you know that every Monday there's going to be one from Dominique. And I think that's a great way of doing it to be consistent that way. Um, again, opening it up to other people as well. Anyone else want to share their experience? Um, I do blog every day, so just to share my uh, what I do every every day, Monday to Friday, and uh, but I don't do it. I don't literally do it every day. I I schedule my blog posts a week in advance. And the thing that I've found that works for me, uh, and I'm just going to share this because it might help other people, even though I don't recommend that you necessarily have to blog every day, is I kind of have a pattern to my blogging. So every Friday, I do a thing called Follow Friday. Okay, and it's just a couple of paragraphs about one of my clients, or one of my, or one of the things that I that I generally follow that I think other e-gurus might be interested in as well. So I've already got a post set aside for every Friday. Uh, every Tuesday is typically uh, a me posting something from one of my past podcasts, where I'll just post it as an audio clip on my blog. Um, every sec every second. Uh, Thursday, I've got a, I run a free webinar, so that uh, the recording of that goes on my blog, and the Monday preceding that is a is a promotion for the webinar. So there should have been yesterday, uh, oh sorry, on Monday, uh, this here's the promotion for the webinar that's coming up tomorrow. So, but like this week was really easy because Monday I had the promo for the webinar, uh, Tuesday I had to write a, a post. Uh, Wednesday, which is today, I'm going to post the social media forum, the recording of this webinar, and then tomorrow I'm going to be running the free webinar, so I'll be posting that, and I've, I've, all I've got to do is to follow Friday for Friday. So the week's already done uh, without much effort on my part, and when I do have to write my own posts, I can go back to my spreadsheet, and if I need to, if I haven't got the inspiration or I haven't got the time to write something new, I can cut and paste something old. So even though I'm blogging every day, it's not like it's a huge amount of effort. 
so let me just add a couple of things that other people have said. Uh, so Russ has added about RSS. Uh, Russ says it's valid, but it seems to have been overlooked in the rush to the newer social networking tools. Um, and I agree with that, Russ. I think it's very easy to integrate them by just having your blog, your RSS, go to Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. That's very easy. Uh, Loretta asks a question which I can answer actually. On your own blog, do you need to set up the RSS feed or is it automatic? If you're using a blogging tool like Blogger or WordPress, then it's automatic. You don't need to do anything special. Uh, and Russ also says, uh, come out of left field. Consistency breeds complacency. So that's an interesting uh, comment. I think responding to you, Michael. <laughs> Uh, does anyone else want to comment about this um, RSS bit? So uh, RSS or blogging. Oh, okay, so Rachel has a question. Um, thanks for putting this webinar on. Okay, you're welcome, Rachel. Can I ask, would you recommend your blog as part of your website or have a separate and direct link? So I have an opinion about this, but I'd really like to know what other people are doing. Can I just ask Michael, Is your, your blog is separate, isn't it? It is, but uh, you very kindly linked it uh, so that it is linked to the site, but it is its own brand, or it's, it's got its own URL, which is michaelhound.com. So, yeah, yeah. And, and mine's exactly the same. So mine's gihanperera.info for the blog and gihanperera.com for my website. Uh, anyone else want to share what they're doing? And uh, I did talk to couple of people about this because it's one of the most common questions I get so I'll answer I'll tell you what their what their opinion is uh, but anyone else want to uh, share what they're doing Jenny are you blogging oh Jenny may be off mic at the moment so that's okay um, I, I am yeah sorry I've been blogging sporadically um, and I've just set up another new one and I'm just trying to put a at the moment I'm trying to put a strategy in place to make sense of what I do and when mm -hmm. and um, so and I think that was my next question was really around multiple presences and how to make it all work from a strategy point of view yeah good I saw that so I'll, I will get to that with with your blog yeah. at the moment is it is it part of your website or is it separate no I've got um, a website designed so nobody could find me um, <laughs> And my theory of that is because I practice law part of the time, I'm not supposed to turn clients down under the rules, but I don't do lots of things that people need. So I'm findable if I tell people to where I am, but I need to change that and flip to a findable mode. Yeah. And I'm just doing that at the moment, but uh, trying to design the strategy of what I'm doing and why and how so it's achievable in the time we have. Great. So if I can answer, uh, come back to Rachel's original question about should you have your blog on your website or not or have it separate. Um, I've asked a couple of people about this and uh, Ed K. Smith, who's my, who's my go-to guy whenever I have questions about search engine marketing and Google, um, this is his opinion because there, there's pros and cons. If you have it as part of your website, then your web, every time you post your blog, your website keeps building. So there's more content on your website, which means that Google will actually think of your website as more authoritative. If you have it separate, then from your blog, quite often you'll have a post on your blog which will link to a page on your website. So 
one of the posts. Actually, the post I did yesterday uh, was a content post, but in the but at the end of it, a link to a product which people could buy if they wanted to. So those links to your website actually count for Google Juice as well as it's, it's called. So Ed reckons it doesn't matter. So he says if you've got a if you're using a web hosting service that has blogging built in, then keep your blog on your website. If you're using a hosting service that doesn't have blogging built in, then use something like WordPress or Blogger and have it run separately. So if you're using like if your web if your website is actually running using WordPress, then it's got a blog automatically built in. If your website is running using Squarespace, which is a great tool uh, which I teach people how to use and we use that for all our new websites now, that has blogging built in as well. So in that case, the blog sits on your website. Otherwise, use Blogger or WordPress. So I use Blogger. Uh, WordPress is by far the best blogging platform out there, but it's like the Ferrari of blogging, and you don't need a Ferrari if you're just driving around the suburbs. So for most of us, we don't need all the power of WordPress, but by all means, if you've got someone who can set it up for you, that's fine. So Rachel, I hope that addresses your question. I'm, I'm happy to take um, comments or opinions from other people as well about uh, hosting your blog separately. What I like about it from a branding point of view, Gihan, is um, for me personally, having a business and then also uh, having, for lack of a better word, personal brand as a speaker and trainer and coach, is that it's a great way to be able to keep those separate. Uh, yet they can still interplay between each other. So you can have your business website that is more about the the products and services and and then then actually and even though I, I publicise my speaking on my on that side, uh, it's also good to have something else that just separates me as an authority. Yeah, and you actually do that quite well, Michael, because your your blog is, is more of your more of your informal voice, isn't it? That's right. That's right. So it's it's uh, a way of get to know me, which is I mean from I mean from reading others such as well, the Seth Godin blogs and Chris Chris Brogan does it really well uh, and is a powerhouse with what it gets out uh, and uh, and then reading yours and and Scott Ginsburg who I heard about through you that that's what people seem to do that it's more you get a chance to actually get to know me a bit more and and what drives me and what I can offer you as a person as opposed to just as a business. Yeah, absolutely. Can I ask if, just a follow-up question, Michael? I can see a few others have come in, but I'm going to, because I've got the microphone, I'm going to ask mine. Uh, you use sure. Google Plus as well, I've noticed, and Google Plus is one service which you can't automate, so you can't automatically make your blog post go on Google Plus. What's the way that you're publishing there? Are you publishing all your posts there? Are you doing it the same day? Are you just picking and choosing? I uh, Thank you. I've coming from this. I I see. I need a spreadsheet actually because I to remind me to, to put it there uh, to to actually put it there. So I've actually uh, I've been forgetting, um, and so I need to actually get in get in and, and actually do some. So uh, when I remember, but it's generally once a week. I, I tend to have been dipping in and out of Google Plus. I must admit, uh, but it was. But I do like it. I do like it. So I need to spend some more time in there. Okay. Yeah. And I'm I, actually, I must admit, I'm the same. So I've been dipping in and out of it. 
and uh, it's one of those things which you have to be active in. Uh, it doesn't allow you to automate in the same way that Twitter and Facebook do, so you actually have to be active in it, which actually means that you get better quality conversations happening there, and you get, so I, I don't post everything on my blog to Google+, but when I do, I'll, I'll post, I'll think about what I'm going to post there. I agree with that. Also, I, I must admit there is, you do have that when you don't have the automation, uh, which can be great for, for footprint, but, uh, but also yeah, to, to actually have that moment of, oh, is this right for these people and is this right for this conversation and is this a conversation I want to open up, those sorts of things. I think that's great and, to, uh, and mechanically what I do is I just, I just uh, get the link post from the URL, so it's got the, the direct link post and then I just paste that in as a link. Yeah, great, great. And I don't know whether you know, you can actually even just drag it across to the box and that'll paste oh, it. Oh, great. Yeah. Yes, you've got them open in okay. two separate windows or two separate tabs. Just drag yeah. the, yeah, just drag the URL across and it'll, it'll uh, open up the link. Excellent. Sorry, it'll Excellent. paste, yeah, paste into Google+. Plus. Let me just add a couple of other voices from people who've typed in questions, so or questions or comments. So coming back to my earlier question about whether you have your blog separate or not, uh, Russ has made a comment, says, I have two blogs integrated to my website, which is an internet magazine style site. So great, okay, so that's great. So that's built into the website. Uh, Denise asks, hi Gihan, could you please repeat the name of the website program? Um, yeah, the web hosting platform is Squarespace. So it's like a square, square as opposed to circle, and space, squarespace.com has web hosting and a, a really, really powerful content management system built in. And, uh, you know, it's roughly about 20, 20 bucks a month. So you can set up your own website and it has blogging built in as well. Uh, Rachel's got a follow-up comment to the original. So Rachel asked the original question about keeping the blog separate or not. So Rachel says, can I take the question further? I have a good LinkedIn group and post that on a regular basis, so what are the thoughts about having a blog as well? Should I just write on a blog and alert the LinkedIn group every time? Um, yes, yeah, so that's, that's an interesting question which I'm going to open up to the group. So Jenny and uh, Michael, your mics are still open, but anybody else who wants to participate, if you just raise your hand, uh, if you've got comments about how you're using LinkedIn, and especially if you've got a LinkedIn group, and whether you should be blogging and using LinkedIn as well. Let me quickly check whether there's questions, whether people are uh, commenting there. Hi, Gihan, it's Jenny here. Um, yeah. LinkedIn's probably the one that I've been most consistent with. Um, where I've got busy and neglected some of the others, LinkedIn has been the one I've kept with. And I have noticed um, the sort of key influencers space, and um, which has been a reminder of you know, if you join a group, you need to participate, you need to post questions, you need to engage. Um, and it's not a difficult piece, but it does make a difference as to where you start to appear and get some, you know, if that's what you want, um, that there's an opportunity to be starting to be seen as an influencer in a group. Great, and I think that Rachel's comment, I'm pretty sure, just if I'm, if I'm reading this correctly, that Rachel actually has her own LinkedIn group. I think I know which Rachel, I think I know this Rachel, so I, I, that wouldn't surprise me that she has her own. So it's actually even more than contributing to other people's LinkedIn groups, it's actually um, having her own. So Jenny, are you saying, so because of, because of what you just said, that you would actually just keep posting in LinkedIn rather than just posting on your blog and sending people links to the blog posts? Oh, no, I think it needs to be um, 
part of, I mean, again, it needs to be part of that strategy as to who, who are you wanting to talk to and for what reason. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, I mean, I don't have my own LinkedIn group, but I do participate in a number of others which are relevant to um, some of the things I do. But it's, it's been a good reminder about being a bit more systematic. Yeah, and look, my opinion is that the, the places that you find are the ones that give you the most traction. I think you, can, you should engage as fully as possible. So for me, um, you can set up your blog posts so they automatically go to Twitter. There's a, there's a free service called twitterfeed.com. So the, the two words Twitter and feed, twitterfeed.com, which allows you to connect your blog to Twitter and to Facebook. Um, and you can connect LinkedIn to automatically post all your tweets. So that means that if you use those two things together, every time you blog, it'll appear on your LinkedIn updates uh, in your newsfeed. But that's not very engaging. It just it's just like announcements. So my opinion, Rachel, is that if you've got your own LinkedIn group, um, if I was doing that, and if I was you know I was in the lucky position to have a LinkedIn group with lots of lots of members in it that you've set up, then I would be engaging in that fully. Uh, so I would be participating not just by posting links to the blog posts. But that's just my that's just the way I would do it. And um, Russ says I tend not to like LinkedIn because it seems to be more for business than the more general Facebook. Um, yeah, and I think that's a that's a valid comment, Russ. It depends on who your market is. Anyone else want to comment about that LinkedIn question? Uh, and Rachel says that she does have her own LinkedIn group. Jenny, uh, are you using LinkedIn? Uh, I should ask, like, how are you using LinkedIn? Like, uh, is it a way to just keep in touch with the groups uh, and just build up your reputation with the people you've already got, or is it, are you using it to expand your network as well? Um, a, a bit of both, um, but again, without without a clear enough strategy behind it. Um, but I am finding people are finding me, or they know they know who I am through having found me through LinkedIn. So it's quite good for building a presence. And I and I've it's the one place where I've worked really hard on getting recommendations from people to go onto LinkedIn. Yes. Um, how how do you do that? Because I am sure that's a very popular question. So if you don't mind us going off on a tangent for a bit, how do you how do you get people to recommend you on LinkedIn? Oh so the the process is built into the LinkedIn system and I I found because it's very fast, if, if they're, first of all, you need to connect with them on LinkedIn, but once you're connected, you can then send a request for them to make a recommendation, and LinkedIn makes it very easy for you to do that, so all you need to do, it's a 30-second job to put some information in and then post it, and it seems a lot less demanding of people's time of, you know, the traditional, can you give me a a letter of recommendation and all the rest of it, and I'm finding that you get virtually none of those because everybody's too busy. Um, and then the and every so often I'll have a look at my different areas of business and think, um, who have I done work with recently? Um, who was very happy with what I was doing? And and then I'll go and deliberately email them. And I'm I'm finding sometimes you need to send them a regular email and then send them a LinkedIn request email because mm. some people who are irregular users aren't seeing the LinkedIn email messages that they're getting. So sometimes it has to be both. 
Yeah, um, so uh, do you have any particular tri tips and tricks and secrets for getting good recommendations? Do you choose people individually when you, do, when you send your requests? Uh, do you ask them, do you say anything in the request that, that helps encourage them to write a good recommendation for you? Yes, I would, um, because the recommendations link to particular, at the moment it links to past roles. Uh, sort of roles. And so I've been very expansive in my definition of what a role is. So I look on the list as if I've had a hundred jobs, whereas in fact I've just classified different activities um, as roles so that I can then ask somebody for a recommendation for something I've done in that area if it's not a, because lots of them are not traditional employment. So that's the first thing is to establish the something and then I'll I'll think of who's had a great experience of working with me or or even just interacting with me on a particular thing and then I'll specifically target them. Yeah, right. Okay, so that's an interesting idea. I don't think most people do that in terms of breaking down what they've done within an organization, like into multiple projects. What you're almost talking about is projects, aren't you, Jenny? Yes. And, and so I'm just trying to think of an example. Like I, um, I went to Microsoft's partner conference in Washington, um, I think it was the end of last year, and met lots of interesting people. And I set that up as, a, as an active participant, as a role. Because I was there, I was doing stuff, I was talking to people, and then I got a couple of recommendations about my role in bringing people together or whatever else it was. Yeah. Things that would be potentially useful around the skills, demonstrating the skills I have, which are not the obvious ones. So that's a, I think that's a great tip. I, I just realised how like what a great tip that is because most people would just say Jenny Vickers has been in this one like one role running the business for five or six years as opposed to breaking it down to those individual projects like active participant at this conference. Yeah. Fantastic. That's good. Any other anybody else want to comment about LinkedIn? Um, I know we've only I know that the three voices that we've had on the line are just mine, Jenny's, and Michael's, but. Feel free to type in comments in the box and I'll read them out on your behalf if you want to. And I do want to come back to your next question, Jenny, as well, because we have got time for that. Okay, so let's get to that, Jenny. I've still got your mic open, so your question about having multiple presences. Uh, do, you want to, do you want to ask it out loud and anyone can contribute their, uh, their share their experiences or answers? Yes, um, so I, I have run New Zealand, I'm in New Zealand and quite a small economy and for a lot of self-employed people doing one thing will cause starvation. So um, I have a number of activities in my business um, box and so part of the time I practice as a lawyer doing business law, um, I do thought leadership work particularly targeted to um, other professional advisors and, and talking about helping people get better attuned to their clients. I run a corporate training business which does creativity and innovation and I also do training in corporate governance. So the challenge I have is I have different presences which need to engage with different people. I also have lots of personal opinions which may or may not cause me to lose business on some of those boxes. And so what I've been trying to work out is how do I sensibly manage a strategy of having 
different existences so that there's cohesion um, and then separation for those where they need to have cohesion and then really good separation where they don't. So that's my question. How do I do that? Yeah, okay. If only we had a brand expert on the line. Oh, we do. <laughs> Michael, do you, have any, do you have any comments about that? Do you want to... <laughs> it's very funny. Um, I, I, yes, I was, I was thinking that you could actually be a bit of a deeper discussion, but I suppose, but just about how you actually currently separate them and how much you cross-promote between the different brands, because to me there seems that there's opportunity to do that. But uh, it sounds like there's potentially, so you've got four four different verticals, from my understanding, yes. is that right, Jenny? Yep. Yes, so, which, which all operate under the same brand name. So I do have great. sort of four sections on my website which effectively showing four different streams of activity um, but what I don't have at the moment is four blogs and the question is should there be four blogs should there be one blog two blogs um, I I would say I would be thinking of it more as to have uh, it may be two blogs but no more than two would be my suggestion and also to think of brand plus sub-brands as opposed to separating them out too much because right. that could actually be uh, weakening your brand position. Um, that, that would be, I mean, without knowing m more about them, that's what I would, that's what I would suggest. And, to, uh, and, and so the sub-brands, a bit like what Gihan does, that every Monday uh, would be a, around could be a thought leadership day, and every Friday on the on the same blog, and then every Friday could be about corporate governance. I mean, or it could be a wrap up of, of of the best of all of them during the week. I mean, if you were to uh, that's if you were to actually do it that way, that um, and then depending on, let's say the training people, they might be more likely to read a newsletter. Then maybe you separate that out and just do a monthly newsletter just for training. Right. Yeah so, so, yeah, so one of the things, so an example that I've been grappling with is was really around the how not to switch people off. So, for example, for, you know, there's potential for me to build up a much bigger client base on the legal side, and what they need to see are more of my blogs and my writing and my pieces about my different take and different perspective on law. Now, then, then there's also other lawyers who are doing a crap job of informing their clients. I, I'd like them to see that too, um, but then on the corporate training side, they may be completely switched off by a blog on a technical legal subject that's of interest to um, small business people, for example. Right, then the, but then perhaps that's the, 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 the signal for two blogs. Uh, that you yeah. that you do have two blogs there. If there are two distinct markets, then two blogs could uh, could work very well for that. Uh, very quickly, I'm just doing something. I'm doing an experiment at the moment through Twitter and a blog with a separate character. So part of what I do is brand experience, and we perform characters that personify brands. And I've actually uh, been getting a bit of interest around a character called Ken Crikey 
coach Ken Crikey. So I'm trying uh, him with his own blog now and seeing uh, with and his own Twitter account and just seeing if we can get some traction from interested parties. So I started following a whole heap of sports players and then life coaches and just seeing if we can actually build that build him under his own entity. Yeah, isn't that funny? Because I I have a character too, and I tried to set its blog up the other day, but put the wrong age in. I just put a random age in, and and then blogger told me he was too young to have a <laughs> he was too young to have a blog. <laughs> so, so then I ground to a halt. So I have to start again. But yes, I'm I'm liking the idea of of a, a, an alter ego to say some of the things that maybe a practicing lawyer shouldn't be quite so blatant about. Agreed. Look, I, uh, I, 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 the classic uh, example of a pseudonym for writers, uh, for authors, that you get to actually voice those things that uh, can be voiced and can be voiced powerfully without it actually harming you as a brand or your other brands. Yeah. So, uh, oh, well, I'll be interested to watch how you do with Ken Crikey. And, um, but, of course, we know now that that's you. So that's the trouble. I can't tell you who my person is, but I'll just have to put them out there. <laughs> yes, I've given the game away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, your secret's safe with me and everybody else listening. <laughs> um, look, I... Let, let me just add uh, just a couple of things. So I'm really pleased to say that, Michael, because that's kind of the strategy that I've been using, that I'm Gihan Pereira everywhere, even though I might have a slightly different angle on, on a few things. Um, in my experience, and I've been doing this for 15 years, my business for 15 years, almost everybody who starts off with multiple brands or multiple personalities or multiple egos ends up consolidating them into one. The, the exception would be, like you might have your personal Facebook profile, which is only for family and friends, but that is private. It's not an open thing. But it, where people tend to do stuff online publicly, they generally end up merging them because they, it either becomes too much work or they actually realize that they're actually the same person anyway. So they don't go that they don't go that far to start off with. That said, I think that like doing the alter ego stuff and having the separate personality absolutely does work because that's been thought about and considered and, and well planned. Uh, I really like your idea about sub-brands, Michael. So I've got my uh, gihanperera.info as my main blog, but because I do a lot of work with webinars, I've got webinarsmarts.com as a separate blog, which I publish once a week. Um, and I like, and I think what you're talking about sub-brands is like you've got your main brand and then you peel off one little section and that becomes a sub-brand, but it could well have been part of the main brand as opposed to two completely separate personalities who you never actually want the two markets to, to meet and talk to each other. Would that be fair? Absolutely. I, I, I'm, I'm finding it more and more. It's really interesting you to say that because I got coached right at the beginning saying, oh, you're trying to do too much uh, to put all these things into the one brand. And now I'm particular about which part of the brand I speak to which, with different markets. But it definitely, I, I definitely agree. I think it, it, um, the more that you can find a, a way of giving people a taste of the sub-brand and then they'll actually, you'll find that people start cross-pollinating or you become more present to the opportunities once you do think of them as sub-brands but under the banner of one brand and it's a lot less work. Yep, great. 
Anyone else want to comment on that about having multiple brands or different positioning uh, for different personas online? Okay, I do have one last quick question from Russ. Uh, I think it's a quick question. Uh, so Russ asks us, what are your views on Add This? I've put it on my website. Potentially it offers links to some 300 social network connectors. So people who don't know about Add This, Add This is a little plugin that you can add to your website or your blog and it automatically goes at the bottom of each blog post and it allows you to link to various uh, it allows people to very quickly do things like retweet your post or uh, publish it on Facebook, uh, Facebook or add a plus one button for Google so again if you can watch, if you if you are seeing my screen at the moment you'll be able to see that uh, my blog posts uh, I've got the add this uh, plugin as well so people can email that post or blog about it or tweet about it or share it on Facebook or plus one it on Google and add this has a number of number of options and I've only chosen these ones, these, these few because I think they're the ones that most of my market's on. Does anyone want to, uh, is anyone else using it or has any comments about it? Russ has asked what are, what are our views on it? Russ, I don't think anyone has anything else to share about that. Okay, so now I don't have any further comments about that. So, so let's uh, let's finish up. We're almost at time anyway. So, thank you everyone for taking part. Just a couple of things that are coming up for you um, in the next in the next few weeks. I just want to do a little bit of an ad, but it's an ad for some events that are coming up. That uh, most of which are free for you to attend. Uh, so Jenny did ask about when am I running my next website building course outside Perth. I'm not sure, Jenny. I'm really not. Uh, it'll probably be early next year, but I haven't got any dates for that at this stage. Um, so, but there are some things coming up which are online, and most of them are free and complimentary. So, well, complimentary or free. So tomorrow, I'm running a webinar called Content Rules about how to take your content and spin it in multiple formats. This is a webinar series that I run every two weeks. And if you if you're already registered for it, you don't have to register again. If you if you're not registered, go to gihanperera.com, and on the right hand side, there's a link that says Free Webinar Series, and uh, you can register for them. So the ones that are coming up. Uh, uh, tomorrow, content rules. Uh, two weeks later, there's uh, what does Google want? So what Google is now looking for when it's uh, when it's ranking search uh, pages for in its search results. And then two weeks after that is one called Good Things Come in All Packages, which is all about building great, great better experiences. Uh, and there's also for eGurus members. The the eGurus member for the webinar for November is podcasting and online audio and. Actually, the one for December, I've just decided this morning to change it, so I haven't, uh, so this is actually slightly wrong. Uh, the one online strategy for 2012, um, I'm making it open to everyone actually, so that's actually going to be the day after this. It's going to be the 8th of December, and it's going to be part of that uh, complimentary webinar series. The eGurus webinar for December is about how to plan and build your membership site. So that's coming up. Um, that, that's what's coming up in the next month or so. If you're not an eGurus member and you're interested in joining, so eGurus is my is my membership site. It's fifty dollars a month, and you get access to a whole bunch of resources. You get access to me for one-on-one -on -one consulting. 
There are more than 50 webinar recordings that are available in there. There's lots of how-to detailed webinars about things like blogging and newsletters and Facebook and doing all sorts of things. Uh, that's available to you if you're if you are interested in becoming an eGurus member. Thank you to the eGurus members who are who are on this webinar. Uh, for everybody else who's on the webinar, as I said at the start, I'll make, be making the recording of this available at gihanperot.info. So look out for that uh, within the next 24 hours. And as I said, it's available for you to take and reuse and and share. So if you're interested in this social media forum, then you don't. Uh, we, we will have one more of these next month, and that will be the last one for the year because the one in December will be too close to Christmas. You don't have to register again, uh, but if you're listening to this and you aren't a member of the social media forum, again, if you go to kihanperera.com and you look at the events area, you can register for this. It doesn't cost anything, and we run this every month. Thank you, everyone, for taking part. I look forward to having you back next month. Thanks, and have a great day. Bye for now.